courtesy of Bob the Engineer, Dolly the Reception, and yes, your host, your servant, the Jester. Oh. My. Lord. We're wired that way. No point in fighting it. Hi, everybody. I'm Archie Bell with the Drills of Houston, Texas. We don't only sing, but we dance. I drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I used to be alone in a crowd. But now you look around these days. It seems to be a Dr. Pepper craze. I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper. We're a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper, too? He's a pepper, she's a pepper If you drink Dr. Pepper, you're a pepper too Cause peppers are an interesting breed An original taste is what we need Ask any pepper and he'll say Only Dr. Pepper tastes that way I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper We're a pepper, wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper We're a pepper, wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Another public service announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> The complete solution for your home PC. Never get that high note up there. No, you never. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, my name is Jimmy Pop, and I'm a dumb white guy. Good evening, and welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Just the Radio. Don't adjust your horizontal. The other white me. Shannon now, I'm hung like planet Pluto, hard to see with an naked It says, what day is it, Bob? Tuesday? Tuesday, May the 6th, the year of our Lord, too. Okay, Bob, a little lower there. You can call me Wookie. You can call me Cookie. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. It's a catchy tune, isn't it? All right, you know what? Whatever you got going, let the motherfucker burn. That's what I say. That'll do, piggy. That'll do, pig. 
Hey, good evening and welcome to the Rovings of Acclaim this Tuesday, May the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Me, moi, I, well, no one special, no big deal. Just your old pal, the Jester, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe, so don't try and track us down. There's simply no point. Behind the glass this evening with Bob the Engineer. Good evening, son. How's it going? Why, why aren't you speaking into the microphone? I believe I am. Am I? Yeah, now you are. <laughs> That's why he's the engineer, folks. People gotta stop. People gotta stop doing that shit to me. <laughs> it's not me that's doing it. I swear to God. Not me. See, it's a it's a cardioid pattern microphone, as Bob damn well knows, which means that it's sort of heart shaped in front of a certain place on the diaphragm. So if it's facing the wrong way. It sounds like you're talking on the other side of the room. Yeah, I've, I've, I fucking, very I realize directional, that. Very directional, very directional type of microphone. But it's not omnidirectional, but it's not unidirectional. It's cardioid. It's sort of, you can hear a little bit off to the side. So it's good for uh, radio and it's good for instruments. There's your lesson in cardioid condenser microphones. These use, of course, 1.5 volts of phantom power. Of course. You're uh, listening to the Rovings of a Clan, and uh, we got so much going for you this evening. We're going to talk about what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours, and we got some amazing fucking tunes lined up for you this evening. Don't know what it is. I just went through that, you know, experience where I walked into the library and I just started pulling out albums and I just started, you know, queuing things up and you know, really thinking about. It. I don't even know if there's a a method to the madness. Maybe you'll spot a, th a common thread in uh, our playlist this evening. But we got everything from Daryl Purpose and to Spanky and our gang. We got Three Dog Night, the Jose Feliciano, Leonard Cohn, Harry Chapin, Steely Dan, so much more. Plus, we're taking your calls. That's right. Phone calls, 646-502-8600. Gets you live on the air. And this is not one of these phony baloney uh Bahamas phones, right, Bob? You no. know how they have these phones no, where they have like these scam lines where they get you to call them and they charge you like thirty nine ninety five a minute. You know, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, this is probably actually a low a free call <laughs> from your cell phone uh, because of the evening hours. Six four six five zero two eighty six hundred gets you live on the air with you know who. You got something on your mind? You got something that we're saying here that's upsetting you, pissing you off? Well, stick around. If not yet, then hopefully there will be. And when you uh, do, then you'll get it in your mind to give us a call and give us a piece of your mind. We're looking forward to that. Also, uh, hanging in the Jester Radio chat room with Texas Frank. Why not stop by and say hi if you got a pair? Uh, it's so easy to get into. You simply go to the jesterradio.com website. You click on where it says chat. Type in a little something-something about yourself there. And click the button. And Viola Instochango. You're transported away to a land where everybody is smart and happy. And that's the Jester Radio chat room. What's the matter? Bob is a little blue today. He got some bad news. Yes, I got some you bad got news. You got canned from the day job. Yes, I did. But no worries. I'm back on the you street tomorrow. You bounce back. You're like a cat yeah. in a lot of ways. Actually, you want to hear something funny? I saw, I saw a video of a cat the other day that just, for the life of itself, couldn't land on its fucking feet. Why is that funny? 
It was just fucking hilarious. So, the cat but, couldn't land on its feet so to save it, its own life. Dude. So did it break its back, or did some come to some harm in some way? No, they were just they were. These two kids are fucking with this cat. My little brother showed me this video. These two kids were fucking with this cat, and uh, they're getting it to jump up in the air, and the thing flipped over and fell fell on its back. Every fucking time, dude, it just couldn't land on its fucking feet. Well, that's hysterical. Never, never seen a cat it's, that couldn't do that. Yeah, well, maybe he's sick. Maybe he's having some sickness and he doesn't need, need children to toss him around. Maybe he's old and uh, No, this, this is a pretty young cat. Well, maybe he's young and infirm. It happens. I don't know. I think as you grow older, you become less uh, uh, amused by the pain of innocent creatures. Yeah, but it's not like it wasn't enjoying it. It was just fucking <laughs> funny, dude. It's not like it wasn't enjoying it, dude. It we was. kept jumping at the fucking thing. It was. It yeah, was. I did it over okay, and over again. Okay, well, there you go. Well, there you go. It was just funny because the I thing couldn't I just feel bad, you know. I feel bad because I'm old and I feel bad for animals. That's the way you get when you're old. So big goings-on in the um, North Carolina and Indianapolis today. You heard about what's going on with the presidential primaries, right? No, what the fuck's going on with that shit? All right, time to turn our attention to the headlines from high atop Just Radio Studios in a secret location outside your universe. It's time for Just Radio News. Hard look. The events of the day sprinkled with cursing. Barack Obama swept to victory in North Carolina primary today, but fell behind uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton in Indiana. The last big delegate prizes left in their long race for the Democratic presidential campaign. So they each took one, and they're both staying neck and neck. Obama's win mirrored earlier triumphs in southern states with large black populations like Georgia, uh, Alabama, uh, Louisiana, and South Carolina, the uh, AP made its North Carolina call based on surveys of voters as they left the polls. That made Indiana a virtual must-win Midwestern state for the former first lady who was hoping to counter Obama's presidential delegate advantage with a strong run through the late primaries. Uh, Returns from 21% of the Indiana precincts showed uh, Clinton had 57% of the vote and 43% for uh, Obama. So that's that's not a killing. She's not. She's not killing, man. Even where she's winning, she's not killing. Killing. Indiana exit polls charted a racial divide that's become uh, familiar in a long historic campaign pitting a black man against a white woman. Obama was gaining more than ninety percent of the black vote in Indiana, while Clinton was getting an estimated sixty-one percent of the white vote, uh, running ahead of her rival among white men as well as women. She also had fifty-one percent of the independents' votes to 49 for her rival, a statistical tie, and was winning among Democrats 53 to 47. So it looks bad for hell, man. I yeah, gotta she's not, say. She's not doing too fucking she's good, She's not man. doing too fucking good. And these are the last legs, and she really needed to, like, you know, burst forward here and do, like, a much uh, closer tie with North Carolina. I mean, a much, you know, better loss. But she, she's losing, like, 60, you know, 60-something to 30-something. It's uh, painful, and uh, Indiana, she's only uh, you know she's only taking by you know maybe seven percent. So it's time to say goodbye, Hillary. International aid began to trickle into Myanmar today, but the stricken Irrawaddy Delta, the nation's rice bowl, where twenty-two thousand people perished, and twice as many of those are missing, remain cut off from the world in the former capital of Yangon. 
Soldiers from the repressive military regime were out on the streets in large numbers for the first time since Cyclone Nargis hit over the weekend, helping to clear away the rubble. Buddhist monks and Catholic nuns wielded axes and long knives to remove ancient fallen trees that were once the city's pride. So even in a one of the most repressive, communist, cruel dictatorships on the planet, they still fucking respond to an emergency better than FEMA did. That's pretty funny. After ridiculous. Katrina. However, coastal areas of the Delta, worst hit by the high winds and tidal surges, were out of reach for aid workers, isolating by flooding and road damage. Electricity remained cut for nearly six and a half million residents of Yangon. Six and a half million people Jesus are out of juice while Christ. water supply was restored in only a few of the areas. Some residents waited in lines for nine hours. And this is without, like, a Game Boy. <laughs> or Imagine having to just sit to there buy in line. gasoline to fuel the generators in their cars. One gas station in the Yangon suburb of Sangshang, fistfights broke out with weary residents beating the fuck out of each other with sticks after somebody tried to cut in line. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen The that. UN's for, uh, Food World Program said that uh, international aid began to flow with 800 tons of food getting through to the first nearly 1 million people left homeless by the cyclone. So 22,000 people died instantly and now over 44,000 people are still missing. It's a fucking nightmare over there. So, and this is what happens when these countries cut themselves off from the world with their, you know, fucking sick-ass dictatorship ways. Uh, this is the country that used to be called Burma, but then they changed it to Myanmar when they were taken over by a military coup uh, a few years back. A Georgia, uh, Jackson, Georgia man who killed his live-in girlfriend was executed today, the first inmate put to death since the U.S. Supreme Court upheld the constitutionality of lethal injections. William Earl Lind was pronounced dead at 7.51 p.m. Eastern. The Georgia Department of Corrections spokeswoman Mally McCord told Jester Radio it came less than an hour after the U.S. Supreme Court rejected efforts to block it. So as soon as the... Supreme Court said, no, kill him. They just fucking said, hey, where is he? Strap him down. <laughs> the they, rough, were, they were itching. Th they were fucking dying to, to, to get, get rid of this guy. The roughly three dozen states around the country that use lethal injection held off carrying out any executions for more than seven months while the U.S. Supreme Court reviewed the constitutionality of the three-drug cocktail that's used. It was the longest pause in U.S. executions in more than 25 years. The Supreme Court last month upheld the, le the legality, I should say, of lethal injections, and Georgia, of course, wanted to be the first one on the chopping block. So five fucking minutes, literally, after the Supreme Court said, yeah, I think it's O, oh, and they said, hit him with the juice. Although in this case, it wasn't juice. What they did is they gave him the lethal cocktail. You know how they, they kill people now? It's no. a three-shot deal. I mean, deal. I, I know they, sh they shoot them up with stuff, but what is it? Having a little problem with my... Are you getting, uh, like, audio in both uh, ears? No, sir. Uh. How about now? There we go. 
That's a lot better. What they do is they have this, um, they do this three-part thing. First, they hit you with this one drug that's supposed to put you to sleep. It's like heroin, I guess, something, you know. All right, so heavy duty. So you get nice and fucked you up. You get fucked up. The second one they give you is um, to paralyze every muscle in your body. Uh huh. So that you can't breathe. You can't. You move your lungs. You can't move your legs. You're just frozen. And the third one is like this really super nasty stuff, um, and it's what gives you like a heart attack. But it can take that third one up to like several minutes to work, and it may be very painful, but we wouldn't know yeah. because the motherfucker is paralyzed. So he can't cry, he can't shake, he can't scream, and it may, he may actually be going through like eight or nine minutes of, of incomprehensible physical agony. It may be worse than anything else. Like electrocution or beheading or sh- or hanging or firing squad, because it may go on and on. It may really be torture. So the thought of this made several people c- contest that the lethal injection is um, is cruel and unusual, and they brought it all the way to the Supreme Court. And of course, we have this super um, super um, conservative Supreme Court now. And they just, anything that comes before them, they're just like, yeah, whatever, kill the motherfuckers. What do we care? Looks good enough to me. And I tell you, man, you know, there is something about, I think the, the, uh, the difference between liberals and conservatives is, is, is this idea that liberals think that some concept of humanity should exist in the law. It's not all about, right. you know, the government is not just about, um, a, you know, a bureaucracy. But it has to take into consideration the fact that people are humans. So, um, you know, I think that there are people who are concerned that even somebody who killed, um, or we suspect very strongly of having killed or done something horrible, like this guy did, he killed his own living girlfriend, um, that we should kill them. And really it's based on this Judeo-Christian concept that God says it's okay to kill somebody that killed somebody else. But the truth is, almost every civilized country in the world has banned uh, capital punishment because, A, you never really know. You never really, really, really know. And, B, uh, it just doesn't make sense. If you're saying killing is bad, then you can't then, to prove it, kill somebody. It just it defies uh, logic. So... You know, the whole concept that it's a deterrent, you know, that's a theory. People have been saying, you know, for years, oh, if we kill people, then other people will think twice. Uh, But the truth is, people never think twice before they kill somebody. And if they do, it ain't about, you know, whether or not they're going to get caught and, you know, and and under what law they're going to be prosecuted. They're thinking about, you know, the insurance money or whatever the fuck. So it just uh, it doesn't make sense. Do we would just you know do we just not want to be uh, people who kill people? You know, I think that's just a decision we have to make. Even though we're a government, we're still a government made up of people, and people have to be you know thoughtful, not just. Uh, you but know. I mean, come on, think about it. I mean, 
Do you honestly think that back before we had fucking structured civilization and we were still fucking living in caves and chasing down gazelle and shit and we're in our little fucking tribes and whatnot, if somebody wouldn't cut the fucking shit, they were probably either excluded or stoned to death or something, dude, with a fucking massive club or stick? I mean, come on, think about it. I mean, I don't have to think about it. I know I grew up in it. I live it. I we we still live in that world. There's obviously, I believe, two very distinct tribes in the world, and that is the tribe of um, you know brutality, and you know with this you know these these people I've seen, especially in sporting you know event you know with teams that I've been involved with, I've seen people that like get into a huddle and look. Like, they're really angry at somebody. Like, something's really pissing them off. And they say something like, let's crush them. Now, I was an enthusiastic sportsman, (laughs) but I really didn't want to crush anybody. But I see there are people in the world that really do want to brutalize other people. You know, let's get them. We can get away with it. Let's do it. You know, this is the kind of thugs... In fact, that we have in our government right now. This is their policy. Not that, you know, fuck what's right or wrong. It's just, you know, we can get away with it. Who's going to fucking stop us? Us, of all people. So this is the sort of bully mentality. And the truth is, there are people, there are two kinds of people. There are people who are stupid and strong. And there are people that are smart and weak. I really do think that the world kind of breaks down that way. Even though there's a lot of crossover here and there. I think the more, you know, sort of primitive and and ag- aggressive people don't really spend a lot of waste a lot of time reasoning through things and I think less physically capable people obviously are more motivated <laughs> to talk through things and I think that's the fucking amazing thing about our species is that we really are, we have this sort of checks and balances thing built right into our DNA. It's not just the government that we're trying to build. Even in our own little radio station here, uh, there's me on the fucking far left and you on the far right, and somehow we're talking it through. Some fucking how. So I don't think, no, I don't think that... uh, uh, you know the the way we should live our lives is like uh, you know those those guys in the Planet of the Apes. You know the uh, uh, um, the gorillas. I oh, think we should be more like the the orangutans. You know the more thoughtful, scientific type. But on the same hand, I also played. Uh, I also wrestled in high school and was on the you know oh, lacrosse team. Oh, so you and wrestled so, in high school and was huh? on the lacrosse team, the most violent sport there lacrosse is on the fucking is, planet. Lacrosse is. Um, absolutely amazing. I remember one year we didn't have a goalie for our team, and I decided, fuck it, dude. You know, nobody else is going to step up to the plate. I'll just do it. That's give the me, most dangerous position of all. Give me the pads. Give me the stick. And, dude, kids <sighs> would come in and try and do a quick stick. Where you just pass it to them yeah, real well, quick, and they come in, and they they try and get it, dude. And I just come up, hands closed, fist and right in the bottom of their jaw, and... It would shatter their teeth and fucking... Their feet would keep going, but their head would stay in the same spot and land flat there on their back and not know what there the fuck hit them. Well, uh, who's going to call Who's gonna call a penalty on the fucking the nature goal? Of, it's, the, it's the nature of the game. He ran into you, obviously. I, played, I also there. played long pole he mini. clotheslined him. So, yeah, it's a very violent sport, and I really did indulge in that as well. And it's a very enjoyable thing to feel like 
you're going to fucking rip somebody's head off. It's a very innate part of our who we are. And you get that stick, too. That stick is <laughs> just fucking... Sick. That's a sick thing. It's not so, It's not a really a, um, a, a play piece as much as it is a weapon. Yeah, what, what position did you play? I was a forward. A forward? Yeah. So you were an attack? We, uh, I was, I, was I, I started as, I started as a, def- as a defenseman because I so just, I. my feet were just so quick. I'm a big quick. guy, but I was very fast too, so they put me up front. Let me tell you, in those days, we sweated out on the streets of a runaway American dream, and at night, we'd ride the mansions of glory in suicide machines, sprung from cages on Highway 9, chrome wheel, fuel injected, and stepping out over the line. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio, and it's the boss. It's a 
When do you let me in? I want to be your friend. I want to guard your dreams and visions. Just wrap your legs round these velvet rims and strap your hands across my engines. Together, Wendy, we can live with the sadness. I'll love you with all the madness in my soul. And someday, girl, I don't know when, we'll get to that place where we really want to go and we'll walk in the sun. But till then, tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. You know, I just heard a story the other day that... um, that was like the fucking most horrible, most insane uh, recording session in the history of rock and roll. Every fucking musician had to do each part like 700 times in a row. And Springsteen was like, like just would everything you ever did, he would just listen to it and go, again, again, <laughs> again. And he took like literally like 300 takes of everything. And then like he spent like months mixing it. So it was his magnum opus, the boss on Jester Radio. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown this uh, Tuesday, Super Tuesday, May the 6th, the year of our Lord 2008, hanging behind the glass with Robert, who is busily uh, creating his his uh, usual masterpiece of marijuana cigarettes. We've been enjoying um, one earlier in the uh, evening. Oh, yes, we did. Which um, has really still keeping us nice and toasty. And now I believe you're sparking up. Uh, there we go. Brand new one. It was one of those days, it's man. I kept my cool. I didn't fucking flip a, a shit good, or a nothing. I didn't do anything bad. So I deserve a couple finely rolled marijuana cigarettes. And so you do. Everything okay over there? Mm-hmm. We having some kind of uh, we having some kind of problem. There's some clinking and clanking going on. I noticed you passed me the you passed me this pipe. What's this? Where's oh, that's the, just just where's just, the marijuana? Just hold on to it. I just let it yeah, relax. But, don't, what, what about what about the host? <laughs> now there's a work of art, my friend. You should be handing this off just because you want people to admire it. Oh my god! Eat very even, smokes perfectly. Tight as a nun's cunt. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So the other day I was at my classes and uh, we it was actually it was actually relatively it was one of those it was one of those fucking drug alcohol classes and it really wasn't that bad. The guy was actually fucking good shit. He was actually good shit. He was funny. Did you get wasted before you went? No, I wasn't wasted at all. The guy was actually funny. It wasn't like sit down and let's like read all this bullshit, you know. He was actually he made it bearable. What did he talk about? It wasn't necessarily what he talked about, it was the way he talked about it. It's a huge difference. I can listen to anybody talk about just about anything. He was entertaining and As long as as long as you just keep it light. If you can keep it light and you know, keep my attention, throw yeah, in a joke yeah, every agree. once in a while. I agree. Well, that's good. You'll have me stick he's, with you and not like fucking. He found his calling. This guy pass out. Yeah, he's like, he he wasn't he wasn't bad at, uh, at doing lucky. his little speech. I didn't fucking buy one bit of it, but I mean, he did this little thing. It was cool. A huge well, crock of shit, in my because, opinion. Because you could have been, you know, you have to go to these things, of course. For our listeners that don't know, you were incarcerated by the local uh, c- uh, constabulation. 
and uh, sentenced to a certain period of uh, rehabilitation. Excuse me. Massive crock of shit. And as part of that rehabilitation, you have to attend these, I guess, classes on uh, the perils of uh, drugs. Not this- necessarily drugs. I'm actually in there with a bunch of people that got caught drunk driving. Drunk driving, they too. They hardly ever talk about drugs. It's all about drunk I driving. I see. Well, as if they're two different things. I mean, it's all the same. Whether or not you operate a vehicle in public when you're impaired is really all the same thing. So if you choose to, if you choose to do that... Uh, that see, I was wrong. not operating a vehicle in public impaired. I was not impaired at the time. I yeah. planned on being believe- impaired. Did you break any laws? Did you run anybody over or hit the stop no, sign? No, I yeah. was parked in a parking lot. Oh, Here this you go. Is, this is I was a parked in a parking lot. I just purchased two drinks from the local convenience store. My friend was using the phone to get a hold of his friend, of course, to get the shit so I could go somewhere and go get fucked up. And uh, we had a good cover story. He was out of it. He was he got kicked out of his house. He was living with me, and we told the cops that we both had the same story. I don't know how the fuck we both spit out the same thing without talking to each other. It was just a miracle. <laughs> but um, or the, or the cops were too stupid to yeah, understand well, we the both, subtle differences. We both we both told them that he was using the phone. To, fi- to get a hold of his buddy so he could stay somewhere else tonight because he'd been staying at my house for two weeks. And the cop was like, all right, well, you've been loitering here. He's talking to me. He got us both separated. He's like, you've been loitering here because you've been here for more than 15 minutes. So I'm going to search your car. What do you got in there? I was like, I just bought two drinks from the store, officer. I'm not loitering. I have the receipt right here. They're still cold. Do you want to feel them? Well, this is the problem we have in America today is we have this sort of preemptive justice system. And why not? As Grandma Jester would say, the fish stinks from the head down. And the president is conducting a war that's preemptive. He said, oh, Iraq was a threat to us, tied them with 9-11. Did you know that 67% of Americans think that Saddam Hussein had something to do with 9-11, even though it's been rebuked over and over by the 9-11 Commission, by you know all the president's own intelligence. Everything explicitly says Saddam Hussein had nothing to do with 9-11. Bush had a boner for Saddam Hussein in Iraq for decades, and this has been going on. In their, in their, yeah, since they were their, kids. Their, had, weren't, weren't they friends when they were little? Their, their, their <laughs> I always thought they hung out around the world and their uh, desire to establish a hundred year reign in the Middle East it's all been you know fueled by this and you know bullshitted their way into everything and this sort of imperialistic bullyish uh, you know we can get away with it type of attitude trickles down to the common man to the point where a cop instead of pursuing actual crime I'm sure he's got a, they got a case file a mile long of shit that they should be, you know. It was two undercover drug narcotic officers. They had much better shit. Instead, to do. they're they're doing preemptive uh, strike. You know, we should pull people over. We should detain people only when, and it's clearly stated in the Fourth Amendment, when they're suspected of a crime. You can't just throw out a net and pull in everybody that looks suspicious. There was, there was a roadblock last night over by where I live. There was a roadblock last night about two miles from my house. Well, of course, the roadblock is a favorite of the Nazis. And, uh, you know, the police have been known to respond when you ask them, have I committed some kind of crime? Why are you detaining me? They, ha- they respond by saying, well, 
around here it's a privilege to drive not a right and to which i respond well it's a privilege to live here too does that mean you're gonna come and search my fucking house and when i try to engage them they take one look at me and they say just move along mister <laughs> they know they're not finding anything on me they know my all my fucking papers are correct and they get no fucking joy out of me it's only these young kids that they go after who they know have little respect, and it's all about teaching them to toe the line, to make them fear and respect the man from a young age. And they're vulnerable. So this is exactly the kind of mentality that we're talking about, this bully uh, mentality that uh, if I can, why shouldn't I? Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this Tuesday, May the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Speaking of the which, a half a dozen police officers kicked and beat three men pulled from a uh, traffic stop. Uh, as a TV helicopter t taped the whole thing. Nowadays, you never know who's taping you. And in this case, there was a helicopter going by overhead that was running in silent mode because they were taking video. And the cops had no idea that uh, they got the whole thing on tape. They pulled this guy out of a car and they just started stomping the living fuck out of him. Six cops. The video shot by WTXF-TV shows... Three police cars stopping a car yesterday, two days after a city officer was shot to death, responding to a bank robbery. So this is like the cop's way of showing, hey, we're not going to take you skank anymore killing our brethren. And they just randomly beat some fucking, you know, perp, some bad guy. I love it when they call them the bad guys because the cops must think like the world is broken down like a fucking comic book, you know, the good guys and bad guys. Yeah, it's like... It's like they're teams, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're fucking idiots. Exactly. Not everybody is friends with everybody else, asshole. You know? The tape, they probably don't even fucking know who the fuck that person is. The tape shows the shit out of them. about a dozen officers gathering around the vehicle. About a half dozen officers hold two of the men on the ground. Both are kicked repeatedly while one is seen being punched. One also appears to being struck with a baton. I love these very brave men who have to hold down six people, have to hold down one guy to beat him mercilessly. He's the kind of real fucking punk. He's the kind of bully that doesn't even have the balls to kick somebody's ass himself. He gets himself a posse to hold people down for him. Here's the guy, that's the kind of guy I would like to meet in an alley some dark night. The third man was also kicked and ends up on the ground. On the surface, it certainly does not look good in terms of the amount of force that was used. Police Commissioner Charles Ramsey says, but we don't want to rush to judgment. Amen. The officers, I, I, I would like this story to get a lot of publicity and to spend a lot of time on the media so that we really do, because we've been doing a bunch of these stories lately, and we really do need to train these cops just like we needed to train our government that we got our eyes on you. And in this case, we got an eye in the sky. Fucking busted. The officers were responding to a report of a shooting nearby. It was not immediately clear what preceded the confrontation. Ramsey said 
The Philadelphia officers have been on edge since Saturday when Officer Stephen Luzbinski was fatally shot with an assault rifle after a robbery. Had nothing to do with this guy, but they were on edge, see? And this is another thing we got with the police. They're so fucking emotional. Why don't we have police that are just, you know, dry as a bone, you know, except this way, but, 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 robot, you know, robotic. What's with all the, like, emotion tied up? They're bad. We're good. We're going to get them. Like, what are these fucking guys, nine? I know, right? It's not cops and robbers. It's not asshole. fucking cops and robbers. It's their sworn duty as a fucking servant of the people. It's a noble profession. Carry it out like a fucking mensch. Don't bring your fucking, you know, life and misery into it. And you know why we get this? Because we pay these guys shit. If we started paying cops, you know, like we pay teachers, then we'll fucking start seeing the streets being protected because fucking people with some scruples out there will go. Well, they don't get paid enough to fucking stick their necks out and get fucking shot at. You just don't get the class of people that you need. You need a higher class of people. These are filthy fucking trailer trash who become cops. Luzbinski was the third officer slain on duty in the city in the last two years. Attorney D. Scott Perrine, who represents the three men in the video, said it was terrible as the officer's death was. It does not excuse such actions by the police. This just happened yesterday, and three of these guys have a, have a lawyer already. No fucking shit, dude. <laughs> I bet you he fucking did it for free, too. They are going to so go to the fucking bank. Dozens of San Diego State University students were arrested after a sweeping drug investigation found that some fraternity members openly dealt drugs. One even sent a mass text message advertising cocaine. Two kilograms. You know, I get a broadcast message from my guy when he gets a new schmear. Yeah? Yeah. He sends me the uh, text message. It just says, fire! Exclamation point. That's what I'm talking about. It's like an emergency. Get over here. Of the 96 people arrested, listen to this, two kilograms of cocaine were seized, 350 ecstasy pills, marijuana, psychedelic mushrooms, hash oil, methamphetamine. What the fuck? Illicit prescription drugs, several guns, and at least 60 gur in cash. These guys will live in the fucking dream, man, right there on fucking college campus. Damn. Of the 96 How would you people like arrested, to fucking... 75 were students. 80, there were 96 people arrested in one day. They went in, swooped down. These kids, man, they were so stupid. They were fucking IMing their shit. 75 were students. 18 of the students were arrested today when nine search warrants were executed at various locations, including fraternities. According to Jesse Rodriguez, San Diego County Assistant District Attorney, the undercover probe dubbed Operation Sudden Fall was sparked by the cocaine overdose of a student in May of 07. I want, I want to get the, I want, I want, I want the job the, of the guy that makes up the fucking names of these operations. As the investigation, <laughs> I make up some stupid shit, dude. As the investigation continued, another student from Mesa College died February 26th of a cocaine overdose overdose at SDSU frat house. Those arrested included a student who was about to receive a criminal justice degree, uh, another one who was just about to receive a master's degree in homeland security. Jesus fucking Christ. I know, it's scary. But, you know, I got to tell you, I don't feel good about this, but this is what, what do we expect, man? We drive this industry underground. If you could walk into a store... 
and buy a fifth of whiskey, then why can't you buy a fucking ounce of herb? It just doesn't fucking make sense. Or some fucking hallucinogenic criminal- mushrooms. Of course, they've criminalized like, a, a, uh, uh, you know, the masses just as a way of keeping them under control. Because if they make something that everybody does illegal, then they know they can go in and bust you any fucking time they want. Let's say a bunch of fucking, you know, uh, rich, powerful people. This may sound paranoid, but a bunch of rich, powerful people sitting around thinking, you know, uh, let's pick something that everybody does. All these poor people do. Pick their ass. Let's make it illegal to pick your ass. So every time we want to fucking throw somebody in jail, we'll just fucking, I mean, they all do it, so we'll just catch them at doing it. Just like saying the word nigger. How is that like, dude? You didn't hear about that? Supposedly, you're not allowed to say the word nigger anymore. According to who? I don't know. I fucking heard it. I don't know. I heard it from somewhere. Well, you know, it's funny. I heard, I, it's I heard funny because you, you can't and say I the word nigger anymore. That's all. That's you all. And I, I have heard. talked about this, um, and okay. I told you that I sort of had a change of heart recently when somebody called in, when Poe called in, and admonished me that the reason I shouldn't use the word nigger is not because it's not funny, because it is, of course, funnier than black person, but because it means something different than black person. And I thought about that long and hard, and I don't want people to think I'm talking about black people as inferior or being less than me. I'm talking about black people as a funny thing, like I talk about Jews and I talk about everything. So uh, if it really is that, if that's the only way people hear it, but I, you know, I'm not sure I believe that because obviously yeah, they mean, all say nigger and people I mean, say nigger all the time. Even, I mean, especially the niggers, do they say it like it's like, no, every other word, nigger, what nigger, please, nigger, who, nigger, where? So it can't really just mean that. It can also mean something else. And by the way, by the way, this bullshit about well, that's our word, not your word. Fuck no. you. Yeah, because I don't have that's bullshit. Nobody gets their own. Anybody can say anything that anybody else can say. That's first like, of all, I, all right, I, I want to make accept, up my own. I want to make up my own. I don't even really accept the, say, I, I say nigger say and I say Jew or whatever, but I don't even accept there's actually any difference. I I don't believe it's it's proven that in DNA there is no such thing as race. There's only one race, the human race. And the only difference between Chinese and black people are traits, certain features, narrow eyes, broad nose, dark skin. These are tiny, like one or two strands of DNA out of the tens of billions of DNA. The differences between the races, the so-called races, is non-existent. It's minimal. The whole idea of race is completely made up by people who, you know, who are tribal and want to, like, keep everybody that looks different from them outside of their tribe. But there is no such thing as race. And we talk about it, but, you know, you should know that my feelings are that I don't think there's any such thing scientifically. There's no such thing as race at all. I do acknowledge, by the way, there's things as culture. You grow, you grew up in Italian culture. Your mother is this amazing Italian cook, and she makes all these, you know, things that are, you know, very unique and yeah. to the way you grew up. So uh, that I dig a lot. I respect. I love tradition. It's what you know is a, a huge part of. You know, Einstein said, "I stood on the shoulders of giants," and the only reason we can do that 
and learn from each other is because we stick together in family gr- and, and tribal groups and we, and we learn from our previous history and we stand on the shoulders of our predecessors. So, but, uh, I, you know, I, I really feel bad about this whole, like, uh, preemptive policy, this very sort of uh, conservative idea we should pull people over and see what they're up to. And we should con- inconvenience the 99.9% of people who are abiding by the law to bust that 1% that we know is out there. And we just want to fucking catch them. And huh. we can't fucking do that. You can't pull people over because you think they look like they might be guilty about something. You have to have evidence that you suspect them of a crime, not just something you suspect. And this is what's written into the Fourth Amendment, illegal search and seizure, no violation of your... We don't have this policy like the Nazis did where they could walk up to you on the street anytime they want and they could say, show me the papers, where are you going? What is your name? We, we don't do that in America. Everybody's just free to wander as you wish, unless, of course... You commit a crime, but you have to do that first. So this idea that we can pull over everybody, throw out this huge net, this is like the most obvious and open violation of the Fourth Amendment that could possibly be. And, you know, you're trying to make your mark on society. You're doing all those tricks that you used on me. You're even reading high fashion magazines. Well, you ain't gonna fucking get me, boy. It's the monkeys on Jester Radio. Don't fuck with that dial. It gets good starting now. You're trying to make your mark in society. You're using all the tricks that you used on me. You're reading all them high fashion magazines. The clothes you're wearing, girl, are causing public scenes. Shoes, but now you're walking around like your front page news. You've been off a 
Stop by the Jester Ready chat room and throw your two cents into the thick of the fray, unless you don't have the cojones. Hey, Texas Frank here. Why not stop by the Jester Ready chat room and throw your two cents into the thick of the fray, unless you don't have the cojones. He was crazy, of course. From the first she must have known it But still she went on with him And she never once had shown it And she took him off the street And she dried his tears of grieving She listened to his visions She believed in his believing Ah, he was the sun Burning bright and brittle And she was the moon Shining back his light a little He was a shooting star She was softer and more slowly He could not make things possible But she could make them holy Holy He was dancing to some music no one else had ever heard He'd speak in unknown languages She would translate every word And 
Then when the world was laughing at his castles in the sky, she'd hold him in her body till he once again could fly. For he was the sun burning bright and brittle, and she was the moon shining back his light a little. He was a shooting star. She was softer and more slowly. He could not make things possible, but she could make them holy. She gave him a daughter And she gave him a son She was a mother and a wife And a lover When the day was done He was too far gone Forgiven of what he offered In its stead Was the knowledge She was the only thing That was not In his head He took off east one morning Towards the rising sun's red glow She knew he was going nowhere But of course she let him go And as she stood and watched him dwindle Much too empty to be sad He reappeared beside her Saying you're all I've ever had oh, he was the sun burning bright and brittle and she was the moon shining back his light a little he was a shooting star she was softer and more slowly he could not make things possible but she could make them holy Took off east one morning towards the rising sun's red glow. She knew he was going nowhere, but, of course, she let him go. And as she stood and watched him dwindle, much too empty to be sad, he reappeared beside her, saying, You're all I've ever had. He was the sun, burning bright and brittle, and she was the moon, shining back his light a little. He was a shooting star. She was softer and more slowly. He could not make things possible, but she could make them holy. Harry Chapin, the unbelievable Harry Chapin on Just Radio, the grand storyteller himself, in a story that just, uh, you know, uh, absolutely rips your fucking gut out of um, a, a romance... A love story uh, that's just um, with uh, with one person that's uh, really you know mentally ill, and that song always reminded me of somebody, and I could never put my finger on it. Steely Dan before that, Dirty Work, The Monkey started that set. I'm not your stepping stone. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jest Radio this Tuesday, May the sixth. Always love that. Um, uh, any fucking monkeys tune, you know. I'm a fucking monkeys generation guy. I don't care what you say about the monkeys. So those were all good quality, you know, 
Boyce and Hart, Car- Carol King, Neil Diamond, you know, tunes. Those, all those guys were working over at uh, the Brill Building at CBS on, you know, f- on 54th Street. Uh, you know, writing those, fu- pumping out those fucking monkeys tunes, man. Those were, that was my music. And I always did love the music that Mickey sang on. He was like my favorite voice. Hanging with Bob the Engineer behind the glass who's uh, having a tough day, a rough day. There's always a rough day every but we're, once in a while. But we're smoking a couple of smoke two joints in the morning and smoke two joints before I smoke two joints and smoke two joints right after that. And suddenly everything's, you know... In perspective. In perspective, thank you. It broadens your horizon. It makes you see the... Ex- extreme, you know, you don't have how such minuscule, how, how minuscule that Thank problem you. really, Thank you. really exactly. is. Exactly. It really well isn't said. that big of a deal. Right. Really isn't that big of a deal in the grand scope of things. Washington area sniper John Allen Mohammed. Remember this motherfucker? Yeah, this sick fucking son of a He's bitch. Asking, we haven't fucking put him to death yet? Not yet. He's now asking prosecutors in a letter to help him end his legal appeals of his conviction and death sentence so that you can murder this innocent black man. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I love that, the innocent black man. In a two-page letter obtained by Jester Radio today, Mohammed said that he's tried without success to stop his defense attorneys from pursuing the appeals and that he was counting on the state attorney general to assist him. Mohammed told the prosecutor's office that he's waiving all rights to appeal his 2003 conviction and death sentence for the sniper killings in 2002 that terrorized the Washington, D.C. region. This is the fucking comedy of the death penalty. I know, right? Is we whack these fucking people, and then here's this guy who wants to die. And by the way, why shouldn't we let anybody that wants to kill themselves kill themselves? What, what the fuck? They're grown-up people. Who the fuck are we to stop them? When the day comes that I want to pull my own plug, let me tell you something, Charlie. You best not get in my fucking way. Because whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. So if the guy wants to die, let him die. Why should he wait for the the execution? Why don't they just give him a fucking whatever you take? You know, give him now. Give him a couple of pills. Give him whatever the fuck he needs to whack himself. Everybody's got that fucking natural born right to fucking decide when they die. Who the fuck are we? We it's just insane. We kill these fucking people. On the one hand, we say that we want a culture of life. That's why we won't tolerate abortion. But uh, we kill people that we suspect of a crime. You can never really be sure. Because it says somewhere in the Bible, life for life. I don't even know if that was God talking. You know, not every word in the Bible is a commandment. I know, right? It just could be something somebody said to somebody else. The leader, speaking of which, of an apocalyptic sect. You know what that is, an apocalyptic sect? No. A sect, that a, a religion that believes that the end of the world is coming near. And by ah. the way, And by the way, Christianity is an apocalyptic religion was arrested today on sex charges and contributing to the delinquency Uh of a minor. Santa Fe, New Mexico authorities charged Wayne Bent with three counts of criminal sexual... You know how he got that nickname? (laughs) Bent. (laughs) With three counts of criminal sexual contact of a minor, three counts of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. So that's probably porn. They always say that when they show him porn. Authorities do not... And let me tell you, the weird thing about these pedophiles is they think that if they show kids porn... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fucking turns the kids on. 
They think they're going to, like, romance a kid. They don't understand that kids are just grossed out by sex, especially from a filthy, disgusting... Look at this guy. Are you looking at this guy? I know. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's, I mean, he's got this on. wacky beard. He's got this huge, blonde, well-trimmed beard, but no mustache. So he looks like a fucking Quaker or something. I but know. What the fuck? Authorities say... Uh, uh, They did not say whether the charges were related to the recent removal of three children, two girls and a boy, uh, from the compound in an area near the Colorado line. Bent, who goes by the name of Michael Traveser and claims to be the Messiah, is the leader of the Lord of Our Righteousness Church, which moved to the site in 2000. He was picked up on Tuesday at the remote former ranch where he and his followers live. He's 66 years old, and he's being held in Union County Detention Center in um, Clayton, uh, posting on the church's website attributed to Bent's grown son, Jeff Bent, said his father was arrested on false charges. So it says on the website, so it's all going to be okay. It's completely false. Jesus is not committed to any crimes, so the authorities had not had to invent the crimes to crucify him. It's the same for me. I have committed no crime, but many crimes are being imagined and concocted in the minds of men and try to kill me again. So he's Jesus, and they're just trying to kill him again. And, of course, you remember it was Jesus. They nailed him to the cross for raping a kid. I mean, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's the same thing. So everybody's Jesus. And, by the way, uh, I said this before and I said it again. What is the point of these religious sects? What's the whole point? Well, obviously, it's easy to see why somebody insane would think he's Jesus. It's a malfunction of the brain. And it's even easy to understand how people would follow him because they have a malfunction of their brain and they sort of (laughs) complement each other. But what never fails to bewilder me is when you always have these sort of groups where you have this wild wacko and these bunch of crazies, it really turns out to be all about raping kids. That's the whole thing. That's the only reason they go to this huge elaborate ordeal and make up bullshit about religion and tell them we should get them all. Because the first thing they do when they get the power and they all start worshiping them is they say, you know what, leave your kid over with me Saturday night. I'm going to, don't worry about it. Papa's got a brand new bag. And I'll see you in the morning. And they hand over their children to him because he's the Messiah. This is what the Catholic priests have been doing for hundreds of years. They get the collar to get the kids. From the time they're 10 years old, they see, they look up and they see the priest can have anything, have his way with anybody he wants. He's the most powerful guy in the world. And they think to themselves, of course, this is the way I'll rape children. And they do it, too. That's why, for me, what I like to refer to the Catholic Church is the pedophile club of America, because that's all it really is. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio, hanging with Texas Frank, S. Poe, and Lulu in the Jester Radio chat room. Why not stop by and say hi? 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with your old pal, the Jester, running round down around the towns along the shore when I was 16 and on my own. No, I couldn't tell you what the hell those breaks were for. I was just trying to hear my song. Jimmy found his own sweet sound and won that free guitar. We'd all get in the van and play. Life became the paradox, the bear. 
the Rouge et Noir, and that stretch of road running to L.A. Pages turning.
does your light shine in the halls of Shambhala? That's uh, the Three Dog Night from the uh, their gospel period, the album Cyan, of course, which had, uh, you know, Into My Life and Lay Me Down Easy and Storybook Feeling and all them real sort of swinging tunes. That particular one was actually a cover. Most people don't realize it was done the previous year. That was 74. It was done the previous year by B.W. Stevenson. It's a Daniel Moore tune. And he did it on the My Maria album. You remember that song. And he actually, they, you know, obviously they liked that song. It was all over the radio. And uh, it was on the album. And you know how it is with musicians, man. They fucking know a good song. And let me tell you, man, the original version is nothing like that one. And uh, the, you know, th that was really um, the only uh, song on the Stevenson album that wasn't uh, a cover itself, was My Maria. It's, he wrote that. It was probably like the only song he ever wrote. Um, hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jest Radio. Much more than you needed to know about Shambhala. The Barricades of Heaven before that from Jackson Brown. They sort of sound a little the same, don't they? Or is it just me? It's uh, Tuesday, May the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Okay, now we're supposed to uh, give this guy a call. What's his name again? should know his name. And... Um, And uh, I want to uh, also find out if he's w if he's wasted. 
because if he's not, I'm not going to call him because he's going to be, he's going to feel very worried about why we're calling him on the phone. But we had this guy on the phone last week. He was the uh, smartest uh, sound man in rock and roll history. He did, you know, mixing and sound engineering for um, Led Zepp and other uh, supergroups back in the day. And now he's just a, you know, just a paranoid schizophrenic. So, and the good thing about those, of course, are they're pretty much the same as drunk. So let's hope we get them at a... Hello. Hey, is this Eddie? Hello. Hey, Eddie, can you hear me? Eddie, are you there, bud? I I know you hear me. <laughs> Can you say hi? That's it. He hung up the phone. I think he was um, I think he was a little alarmed. Maybe he'll call back. Um, so or we'll we'll try him again. But um, that was uh, Eddie, the sound guy. The long dormant Chaitin volcano blasted ash some twenty miles into the Andean sky today forcing thousands to evacuate and uh, fouling a huge stretch of South American continent. The thick column of ash climbed into the stratosphere and blew eastward for hundreds of miles over Patagonia to the Atlantic Ocean, forcing schools and regional airports to close. Citizens of both countries were advised to wear masks to avoid breathing the dangerous fallout. The five-day eruption is the first in at least 9,000 years for the volcano in southern Chile. According to the volcanologists at the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, Chilean officials ordered the total evacuation of Chaitin, a small provincial capital in an area of lakes and glacier-carved fjords just six miles from the rolling cloud. So the government said, everybody out of the pool. And uh, But it looks like it's going to be a mess because when it starts spewing smoke and ash, you know what they say because I have no idea. The trainer of Kentucky Derby runner eight, eight bells, uh, runner up, I should say, eight bells uh, today ordered drug testing as part of the autopsy intent on dispelling any suggestion that the falling filly may have been on steroids. Larry Jones said the tests for performance-enhancing drugs will come back negative on eight bells, who was euthanized after breaking both, both front ankles on Saturday. I guarantee there were no steroids ever on the horse, Jones said at a news conference in Delaware Park, side of the Phillies' first win, Jones said that he was responding to unspecified criticism that his horse must have been doped because she was so huge. We're taking a lot of abuse out there. We're being accused of steroid abuse because she was so large, he said. I can tell you that uh, Rick Porter goes to the sale to look for good horses, and that's one of the things you look for, a horse that's big and strong enough and fast enough to compete in big, fast, strong races. Stupid. Jones also took a swipe at people for the ethical treatment of animals who have been critical of jockey Gabriel Saez. Peter has said that Saez uh, should have known that the horse was in trouble and that he went to the whip too often. I think that it's really and truly the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, he said. And apparently this guy has never heard of Dan Quayle. Jones said Peter is capitalizing on a sad situation. When this started, I feel like maybe their heart was in the right place he said, I think maybe they were uh, generally concerned. But you know what? I got to tell you, 
I'm not a big fan of this PETA group who are a terrorist organization, but I, I don't feel good. You know, w w humans have had this sort of symbiotic relationship with ma with animals for uh, hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, dogs and goats and chickens and sheep, you know, we, we call them domestic animals because we we keep them in our home. And we have this sort of interdependency. And anybody that sort of grows up with animals has a kind of respect for them. You know, you don't like, you're not, you're not killing them because you hate them. Um, and, you know, you're not doing anything you don't have to do in order to just survive and make a living. Uh, and you just sort of see their plight as being, you know, sort of similar to yours. You have to work hard for a living to feed your children, and they have to give their lives to feed their children. So, but this idea that we then take it to the next level where we use them for sport, we, we whip them up into a frenzy, we work them out, we work them in an unnatural way, not to get food, but to run faster than the other horses. And then we compete them with each other like circus fucking animals. It's disgusting. And, uh, you know, we would never want a superior race to be doing that to us, for sure. A rocket slammed into Baghdad City Hall, another hit downtown park today, as more frightened civilians fled a Shiite militia stronghold where U.S.-led forces are locked in fierce street battles. The American push in the Sadr City District, long uh, launched after an Iraqi government crackdown on armed Shiite groups, began, began in, late, in late March, uh, is trying to weaken the militia group uh, grip in a key corner of Baghdad and disrupt rocket and mortar strikes on the U.S. protected green zone. But fresh salvos of rockets from militants arced over the city, wounding at least 16 people and drawing U.S. retaliation that escalated civilian panic and flight to safer areas. One rocket, apparently aimed at the green zone, blasted the nearby city hall, Three 122-millimeter rockets hit parts of uh, central Baghdad, including destroying some playground equipment in a park. An Iraqi police station was damaged by a rocket that failed to detonate. So the fucking Baghdad is like a, a fucking, you know, not even settling down a little bit. It's just a fucking hell. It's just an insane fucking hell. Meanwhile, the Department of Veterans Affairs top mental health official said today that he made a poor choice of words when he sent his colleagues an email about suicide data that had the title, shh, this is your government at work, folks. This is the environment that the Bush administration has fostered. This concept that we, the elite government, we don't tell the public what's going on everything's a secret they fought tooth and nail to uh you know not release anything records schedules notes and this is just more of that the department of veteran uh, affairs the top guy in the mental health area wrote an email about the suicide data which obviously is bad news and the subject line was shh S-H-H exclamation point. In other words, let's keep this under our hat. Dr. Ira Katz, the VA's mental health director, told the House Veterans Affairs Committee that the email was in poor tone. Even though the body contained appropriate, healthy dialogue about the data, I deeply regret the subject line, Katz said. It was an error, and I apologize for that. The email claims 12,000 veterans a year attempt suicide. 
while under department treatment. Is this something we should carefully address ourselves in some sort of release before someone stumbles on it, the email asks. So clearly, (laughs) the body did not just contain healthy and active dialogue, but also contained uh, further discussion on how to perpetrate the... um, the 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 whitewashing of it. The email was among those recently disclosed during a trial in San Francisco that suggested some at the Veterans Administration might have been attempting to hide the number of attempted suicides by those under the agency's care. Its disclosure prompted two Democratic senators to call for his resignation. At the White House, Press Secretary Dana Perino said Bush had full confidence in uh, Secretary Peek and believes that he is handling it appropriately. President Bush is very concerned about the mental health of our veterans and has made sure that we're doing everything we can to make sure that the American veterans are getting the care that they need, Perino made sure, he said. He also has been very troubled by the idea that the veterans would feel that they wouldn't be able to express or ask for help if they're suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder or depression or any sort of or any type of mental disorder, because we have resources to be able to help them, and they deserve the very best that we can provide, he said. The committee's chairman, Representative Bob Filner, the Democrat from California, accused Katz of being more concerned about how data was interpreted than the actual health of the veterans. He also said Katz, as well as others involved, should be fired. He accused the agency of criminal negligence and the handling of data about the number of veterans who have committed suicide and of having a history of covering shit up. He's a cover-up guy. He's a Nixon. A lovesick former mental patient was convicted today of stalking and harassing Uma Thurman for more than two years, showing up on her front doorstep and movie set, sending her a series of creepy love letters. Jack Jordan, a 37-year-old out-of-work lifeguard and pool cleaner, faces up to a year in jail. He was convicted of stalking and one count of aggravated harassment and acquitted of two other harassment counts. <laughs> I love that. The jury said, yeah, no, he did those things, but no, he didn't. The verdict came after a week-long trial that featured riveting testimony from the Academy Award-nominated actress who told the jury that she was completely freaked out by his behavior. Prosecutors said that he stalked her since 05 when his crush on Thurman became so intense that he just had to be with the Kill Bill and Pulp Fiction star. He showed up at her doorstep at the Soho set of her movie, My Super Ex-Girlfriend, sent a series of bizarre cars and letters to Thurman, including 20 of them, while he was locked up in the Ha Ha Hotel. Jordan testified in his own defense, saying on Friday that he now understands how Thurman could have been frightened by his attempts to see her and by the letter in which he said that her two children didn't exist, that they were an illusion among other bizarre statements. In a misguided way, I was trying to give her an opportunity to meet me and give myself an opportunity to go to jail. I mean, meet her. I was feeling distressed, said Jordan. I had this feeling of longing for Miss Thurman, and I was trying to explain it. I was not trying to scare her in any way. Thurman testified for three hours on Thursday, captivating the jury with her story about how the stalking frightened her. So badly, she testified about a card Jordan delivered to her movie trailer 
in Manhattan Soho area where he was uh, where she was filming my super ex girlfriend it bore a drawing of an open grave a headstone and a man standing on the edge of a razor blade a spiral of random words referred to chocolate mouth soft kissing and declared my hands should be on your body at all times <laughs> So apparently he was going to take the coffin, the grave, and the tombstone. He was going to feed her the chocolate. He was going to kiss her mouth softly and then kill her and then lay in there and hold her in the grave. I don't know. But he was trying to freak her out, apparently. He wasn't just trying to get her attention, but he was trying to scare the fuck out of her. The world still faces a substantial threat to a flu pandemic, and countries need to speed up preparations for a global outbreak. According to uh, health experts today, we can't delude ourselves. The threat of a pandemic influenza has not diminished, said Kenji Fukuda, coordinator of the World Health Organization's Global Influenza Program. Fukuda spoke to a meeting of around 150 health experts from government, uh, WHO, and the other agencies to update the WHO's pandemic influenza preparedness plan. Scientists fear, you know what this plan is, by the way. It's not like how to make more vaccine. It's who not to give the drugs to. Uh, and I shit you not. Basically, they say, you know, like if you're old, if you're over 85, if you have, you know, heart condition, if you have diabetes, it's not well under control. I mean, it's a lot, you know, it's some talk about stockpiling and some talk about how long the shit lasts and, you know, how much can you store for something that'll probably never happen but may and... uh but a lot of it is also about who not to give these precious shots to, people who are least likely to uh, respond to them. And it's a grisly, it's a fucking, it's a grisly fucking thing to talk about, man, but it's got to be done. It's like that Twilight Zone episode where they all think that the bombs are coming and they all go fucking, you know, they're ribbing this guy at the beginning of the episode about the fact that he keeps a bomb shelter in his basement but when the bombs when they hear on the radio the bombs have fallen he scoops his family up sweeps them into the fucking bomb shelter slams the fucking four foot concrete door and they start banging on the other side let us in let us in and he's like for god's sake i can't i don't have the money i don't have the fucking food I, we don't have enough oxygen and it's breaking his heart they're begging they're pleading they're screaming through the door you piece of shit you're gonna let my children die and it's a fucking horrible scene. You feel for everybody. Hey, yeah, uh, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jest Radio, except for me. Tuesday, this uh, May the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2008, and it's 4 in the morning, the end of December. I'm writing you now just to see if you're better. New York is cold, but I like where I'm living. There's music on Clinton Street all through the evening and I hear that you're building your little house deep in the desert you're living for nothing now I hope you're keeping some kind of record Al Cohn on JR please don't touch that dial it's four in the morning the end of December I'm writing you now just to see if you're better New York is cold but I 
like where I'm living there's music on Clinton Street all through the evening I hear that you're building your little house deep in the desert you're living for nothing now I hope you're keeping some kind of record yes and Jane came by with a lock of your hair she said that you gave it to her that night that you planned to go clear Did you ever go clear? Oh, the last time we saw you You looked so much older Your famous blue raincoat was torn at the shoulder You'd been to the station to meet every train Then you came home without Lily Marlene And you treated my woman To a flake of your life And when she came back She was nobody's wife Well, I see you there with the rose in your teeth one more thin gypsy thief well I see James away she sends her regards possibly say I guess that I miss you I guess I forgive you I'm glad you stood in my way if you ever come by here for Jane or for me will your enemy sleeping and his woman is free yes and thanks for the trouble you took from her eyes I thought it was there for good so I never tried you plan to go clear mm -hmm. 
sincerely, Elkhorn. Like a snowball down a mountain Or a carnival balloon Like a carousel that's turning Running rings around the moon Like a clock whose hands are sweeping Past the minutes of its face And the world is like an apple Whirling silently in space Like the circles that you find Windmills of your mind Like a tunnel that you follow To a tunnel of its own Down a hollow to a cavern Where the sun has never shone Like a door that keeps revolving In a half-forgotten dream Like the ripples from a pebble Someone tosses in a stream Like a clock whose hands are sweeping As the minutes of its face And the world is like an apple Silently in space Like the circles that you find In the windmills of your mind Keys that jingle in your pocket Words that jangle in your head Why did summer go so quickly? Was it something that you said? Lovers walk along the shore Leave their footprints in the sand Is the sound of distant drumming Just the fingers of your hand Pictures hanging in a hallway And the fragment of a song I've remembered names and faces But to whom do they belong? When you knew that it was over You were suddenly aware That the autumn leaves were turning To the color of a hair Round Like a circle in a spiral Like a wheel within a wheel Never ending or beginning On an ever spinning reel As images unwind Like the circles that you find In the windmills of your mind In the windmills of your mind Keys that jingle in your pocket, words that jangle in your head. Why did summer go so quickly? Was it something that you said? 
Lovers walk along the shore, leave their footprints in the sand was the sound of distant drumming, just the fingers of your hand. Pictures hanging in a hallway and a fragment of a song, half-remembered names and faces, but to whom do they belong? And when you knew that it was over, you were suddenly aware that the autumn leaves were turning to the color of her hair. Jose Feliciano, or as I like to call him, Blind Boy Grunt, on Jester Radio. From the Thomas Crown Affair, Windmills of Your Mind, uh, we heard from uh, El Cohn before that, and the famous Blue Raincoat. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown this Super Tuesday, May the 6th. And we're going to give uh, Eddie another shot here. Hopefully we'll be able to preempt. I'll squeeze in that we're from the radio, that we're with... Ho, or as he likes to call him, Joe. <laughs> and we'll see if we can get him to to talk to us. Eddie, 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 don't hang out. It's the radio guy. It's the jester. I'm a friend of Joe. Remember, hey Joe, from the yeah. from the jazz fest. Yeah. So remember, we said we were going to call back. Again, so we're calling back. You're live on the air. How you doing, bud? Uh, not too bad. Yeah, you know, uh, we heard some um, crazy uh, shit about uh, you from uh, your past, like this. Um, he was telling us about the Extreme Adventure Suicide Mission. <laughs> yeah, they have a company like that. But I'm working right now on so I can't talk right now. Oh, you can't talk. What are you working on? Something we're gonna we're gonna I'm be able to play. On a sound system. Oh, okay. I'm working on a sound system. Uh, I got a guitar taken apart right here that I'm rewiring. All right. Well, be careful there, man. Remember to keep yourself grounded, and we'll right. we'll talk. Oh, I, we'll I'll talk. make sure I'm not grounded. That's the whole idea. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, All right. You be careful, that. and we'll give you a call then uh, some other time. All right. All Thank right. You. Thanks, Eddie. He, he sounded uh, oddly sober there, so apparently he's one of those people who, like, you can drag out of a, you know, morphine stupor. <laughs> Just slap him around, give him a cup of joe, and he'll rewire your guitar. So it's better if we get him uh, at another time when he's, uh, um, you know, drunk. Uh, you're listening to the ravings of a clown. The police chief who shot himself in the ankle was waving a loaded pistol and being careless, according to two students who were attending his class, to qualify for a concealed weapons permit. We were told that the gun is the chief's personal sidearm, but it looked to me like he didn't know anything about the guns. Bart Ulm, another student seeking certification to carry a concealed weapon, said he was surprised Chief Dave Hansen was using a loaded gun. To show how it worked right there i was very leery because there's no need to have live ammo and a gun in class but i figured he's the chief of police so he must know what he's doing ohm told told the standard examiner of ogden utah hansen held the glock 40 under a table to disassemble it when a bullet fired the chief cried i'm hit and fell over <laughs> you know i hate to laugh at somebody's misery but just that's just plain funny Students who were screaming, Officer Down, were urged to call 911. The gun went off in a conference room on Saturday at the Riverdale, Utah, police headquarters. Hansen was taken to McKay D. Hospital in Ogden for surgery and was released yesterday. Uh, 
The findings of an internal investigation are going to be announced tomorrow. We'll stay on top of that. He declined to offer specifics, but disputed the accounts of Ulm and Walker, describing them as disgruntled. A man with a guitar and a megaphone climbed atop a convenience store roof today to serenade commuters with his musical protest about high gasoline prices until the cops halted the impromptu concert. Once atop the roof of the Family Express store in Valparaiso, Indiana, the and above uh, pumps dispensing fuel at $3.78 per gallon, Jay Weinberg, 29, performed his song called Price Gougin. Dozens of supporters. Dozens of supporters. We tried so hard to get a copy of this song. You have no idea. Dozens of supporters chanted, I can't afford it. I'm banging on my dashboard. I can't believe they think I'm a fool. The performance lasted about 15 minutes before three Valparaiso police officers arrived and arrested Weinberg on charges of criminal trespassing and disorderly conduct. He was cooperative. The crowd made up of Weinberg's friends and other people who just happened to be pumping gas continued singing even after he was gone. Then some, including his wife Danielle, drove to Porter County Jail to bail him out. He left the building at 7.30 p.m. and was greeted with wild cheers. It was the odor of chocolate on the suspect's breath that gave away the 15-year-old boy accused of shoplifting candy bars in Bremerton, Washington. An officer responding to the shoplifting report on Friday night caught up with the suspect on his bicycle. First, he denied taking the candy bars, but the officer could clearly smell the odor of chocolate wafting around and called witnesses who identified the boy. He confessed that he was hungry. And uh, he did it for the thrill. <laughs> so we're not sure which one it was. A male who lied to Sheboygan, Wisconsin police to hide his unpaid traffic citations almost got himself into far more serious trouble. Police said they stopped the guy, uh, a, a vehicle, on Saturday for improper registration. One passenger identified himself to the police who ran a check on the, his name turned out to be the name of someone who was an active felony warrant for vehicular homicide. When the passenger found out, he quickly gave the police his real name, saying that he had lied because he had outstanding traffic fines in another state, and he wasn't sure if there was a warrant out for him. The uh, guy was arrested on obstruction charges anyway. Before he was released, police verified through photos and fingerprints that he wasn't the guy who he originally said he was, the vehicular homicide guy. Until last summer, 50-year-old George Hood of Aurora held the world record for continuous exercise by a human being, 111 hours, 11 minutes, and 11 seconds on a stationary bicycle. Then someone comes along and breaks his record, another cyclist from Tanzania. These people in these fucking countries, man, they must get a copy of the Guinness Book, and they got to go through it saying, how do I launch myself from Tasmania? Now Hood wants to be the record holder again by cycling on a spin bike for more than 132 hours straight and also raising $50,000 for YMCA Spin for Kids event. So let's see, 132 hours. And so that means five and a half days without sleep. So Clearly, after, you know, two or two and a half days, you start having hallucinations and shit. So even Jerry Lewis couldn't do it for five and a half hours. I mean, for five and a half days. That's just, that's fucked up. 
The retired Drug Enforcement Agency investigator began his attempt Sunday night at the Fry Family YMCA in Naperville, Indiana. He's projected to finish on the morning of May 11th. So we'll keep you posted. Either he'll be dead or he'll have won the uh, the big the big Sheboygan. One city commission wants to divide Florida into two states, North and South Florida. The North uh, Lauderdale City Commission says in a resolution that it's not confident in state leaders when it comes to the collecting and spending uh, of their money. It also says that it would be in the best interest of citizens and residents to split the state up. Commissioner Rich Moyle says they're frustrated with state legislature ignoring the cities in South Florida, but he acknowledges that the idea likely won't pass. Uh, when asked today about the resolution, Governor Charlie Crist could only muster up a laugh. Meanwhile, other municipalities and countries are being asked to join in the resolution. The boundary line would be from Palm Beach County down through Monroe. So they want to sneak in Palm Beach. They don't want to leave out Palm Beach. You know, because that's where the money is. So we'll take everything from Palm Beach down. Hey, it's Tuesday, May the 6th. And, you know, I don't know if you know the story of this guy who used to own a little bike shop right outside of town. Everybody just called him Mr. Schwinn. And he was thin as a pelican's grin. It's Daryl Purpose on Jester Radio. Please don't touch that dial. Thin as a pelican's grin, and I took him my bike when the wheel wouldn't spin, when the wheel wouldn't spin, or the gear wouldn't shift for fixing a bike. The man had a gift. They were stashed in the back of his waterfront shack. His and her bikes Perfectly matched Perfectly matched Like a groom and a bride Waiting to take Their honeymoon ride He'd say One of these bikes Is more than a twin As he pumped up the tires And polished the rim I'm saving it For my Yes, the wires and the tires filled me with desire And the sprockets and streamers were truly admired Were truly admired by all kinds of folks Who watched as he carefully tightened the spokes Yes, the chrome really shone But if truth be known At the end of the day He went home alone Yes, he went home alone By wheel the pier He watched the tide turn And the sun disappear He'd say one of these bikes Is more than a twin As he oiled the chain And polished the rim I'm my message
day was the day that I heard someone say the old man at the bicycle shop passed away. Mr. Shuin passed away, and my wife and I cried 'cause he never did take that honeymoon ride. Twas with grim discipline that the town buried him. And the gravestone revealed that his name wasn't Schwinn. No, his name wasn't Schwinn. But I'll tell you with pride that I got the groom and my wife the bride. Mr. Schwinn was as thin as a pelican's grin, and I took him my bike when the wheel wouldn't spin, when the wheel wouldn't spin or the gear wouldn't shift. For fixing a bike, the man had a gift.
Kansas on Just Radio. All we are is dust in the wind. Daryl Purpose before that and Mr. Schwinn. They sound strangely alike, don't they? Maybe it's just me. You've been listening to the ravings of a clown this Tuesday, Super Tuesday, May the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2008. The Wajwas of uh, New Delhi, India, were enjoying a nap after lunch when a team of overzealous New Delhi officials padlocked their gate, trapping the elderly couple and inadvertently bringing them to the center of a heated debate about zoning laws and illegal businesses. The couple was caught up in a sweeping municipal drive to install order in India's chaotic capital by shutting down and demolishing illegally built structures that have sprung up like mushrooms across this sprawling city of 14 million. City employees mistook the residents of Mashudan Wajwa 76 uh, and his wife for a commercial business in violation of local zoning laws when they locked their gate uh, yesterday. The couple didn't realize they were trapped until their son tried to visit them this evening and saw there was a municipal seal outside and he couldn't open the, couldn't, couldn't open the gate to get inside his parents' house couple didn't realize they were trapped. took four hours for police and city officials to realize their error and uh, open the gate. Wajwa runs a small business selling sweets to small shops, but he doesn't work from his house, he said. The Wajwas have never received any legal warnings or notices from the city before being sealed inside their home. The city's sealing drive has shut down hundreds of structures, many of which were built without regard for safety, aesthetics, or zoning laws. The hit list includes cubbyhole stores in residential neighborhoods, restaurants without proper licenses, international businesses lacking registration, and apparently sleepy homes after lunch. The Wadjwa's plight received heavy news coverage today. It was great negligence on the parts of the officers, New Delhi Mayor R.T. told the CBN-IBN news channel. They're going to take very strict action against the officers who have done this. I love that about the Indians. <laughs> They're so... They're just so fucking British. Finally this evening, two women from Wellington, New Zealand, were hospitalized after a cafe mistakenly served dishwashing liquid instead of mulled wine. Chico's Restaurant in the Mountain Resort of Queenstown on South Island pleaded guilty to a charge of selling food containing extraneous matter, the chemical sodium hydroxide that caused injury. Prosecutor Sarah McKenzie told Queenstown District Court that the two women were taken to a hospital after drinking the liquid last July. Customer Sarah Ferguson ordered a glass of Mountain Thunder mulled wine from Queenstown's Old Man Rock Cafe, owned by Chico's Restaurant. She spat out the liquid when she experienced a burning sensation on her lips and mouth. Cafe worker Bethany Sim offered to test the drink, and she suffered a similar reaction. Check by cafe management indicated that a mulled wine container had unfortunately been filled with dishwashing detergent. An investigation showed the two liquids had been mixed after five and a half gallons of dishwashing liquid was delivered in a container formerly used to hold the Mountain Thunder mulled wine. The court heard Sim uh, suffered burns and possible scarring of her throat and esophagus from the chemical mix. Under New, uh, New Zealand's no-fault accident law, victims do not sue for damages. Instead, treatment costs and income loss are met by the nation's accident compensation scheme. The company will be sentenced next month, and they face a possible fine. So there you go. That's how you run the fucking country. The people who are responsible for shit like that go to fucking jail, man. You got people's health and welfare in your hands. 
They're not suing for money. They're suing to, they're fucking trying them on a criminal charge. And their bills are fucking, the poor victims' bills are all paid. Nobody sues you for trillions of dollars, you know. Uh, you just fucking go to jail. That's the way it should be. Hey, you've been listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jest Radio. Special thanks to Texas Frank, S. Poe, and uh, little Lulu. And uh, extra special thanks to Eddie for uh, being so fucking uh, not funny. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. That's the most important thing. And I promise you, we will meet in that place where darkness never comes. Until that time, Houston. I'll leave you in the good hands of Cleveland's Clearwater Revival. Good night. See you tomorrow.